Welcome to the Fit Physician Podcast, the busy women doctors go to resource to take your strength, fitness, and confidence to levels you never thought imaginable. You spent your life dedicated to the health of others. It's time to prioritize your own. Now, your hosts. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fit Physician Podcast. It is one of your hosts, Jake Wright here, aka the Fit Physician Coach. And in today's episode, what I'm going to do is share with you the story about how I became the Fit Physician Coach. And I am truly blessed, thankful, so grateful to have the career that I have. And there were a lot of different aha moments, special moments along the way that kind of paved the path to having a a profession that when I introduce myself to people and they ask me what you do, they kind of look and, and go, oh, wow, that's very niche. And I love getting the question of, and when I'm meeting someone new, hey, what do you do for a living? I help women in medicine become their strongest, fittest, most confident selves. And I go, oh, wow, like, like doctors? Yeah, that's really, really niche. And so in this segment, I'm going to share with you the story of how that all came to be to give you a little bit more insight into um, what led me to this position, why I got to this position, and um, why it means so much to me. So I started as a, not as a personal, I started as a personal trainer when I was 16. But prior to that, I was a hockey player, a young Canadian kid growing up, wanting to become that NHL professional. And I had the problem of being a small, skinny, scrawny kid. And my grandmother, my Portuguese grandmother, was always giving my mom grief for not feeding me enough. And while I loved hockey so much, a lot of the other kids around me grew much, much quicker and grew to be much, much bigger. So I was playing hockey in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, where I grew up. And I was playing at the highest level I could for this team called the Ottawa Valley Titans. And it was like the dream as an 11, 12, 13 year old kid to play for this team. I felt so honored. I felt so cool. And then after my second year of playing for the team, I was trying out again for my third year. We had a new coach in this year and I walked into, it was the final trials, the final cuts as they called them. And I walked in to meet with the coaches and they said, Jake, you're a great hockey player, but you're just simply not big enough and not strong enough for this league anymore. And so I held it together as I walked past the table, went towards the exit, and then the tears started to flow. I was bawling. I remember opening the door, walking out of the arena, seeing a bunch of the dads of kids that I used to play with there, knowing I was so embarrassed that they would know that I was cut. My dad pulled up right away in the car. We hopped in the car. He consoled me. And... He said to me, you know what, Jake? Well, we can't control how fast you grow. We can't control how big you get, but we can control how strong you are. And so that was my introduction to strength training. And we found a local trainer and I started working out for hockey. And at the time, now, almost any kid, any teenager who is uh, looking to pursue and, and go as far as they can in hockey, it's just a regular part of their regime. They're training for hockey. But this was at a time where no one trained for hockey. And I loved it. 
instantly fell in love with exercise, with lifting weights. I had this really great trainer named Mustafa. We used to go, I'd bring in a new rap CD that I had just burnt and I'd be there at like eight to nine. There was no one else in the gym. It wasn't even a gym. It was actually a karate studio with some workout equipment in the corner. And we'd play the music and it was just, it was my jam. Every week I would look forward to it. So from there, my parents had a little bit of workout equipment at home and I can remember buying some men's health magazines as my passion started to spark my interest, my intrigue and exercise. And I had these men's health magazines that had had some fitness routines in them, some workout routines. So what I did was I carried all of that equipment in my parents' house up to my room. And then late at night, I would start doing my own workouts. This eventually morphed into me training some of my friends. We do workouts together. They come over to my parents' house. My parents recognized my passion for strength training. So they bought some more equipment and I'd have my buddies over and I became their personal trainer as well. And then the gym that I was working at and the, uh, fitness studio, karate studio, whatever it was called at the time, they were starting to expand more into fitness and starting to work with more and more hockey players. And so I was 16 years old at the time and their owner said to me, Jake, why don't you come and work for us and you can be a part-time trainer? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this would be amazing. So he's like, you got to take a weekend personal training course. So I took that weekend course. And from there, I started working part-time after school in the gym. And it was super awesome, but way outside my comfort zone because I was a really shy, nervous kid growing up. I was the type of kid that didn't want to show it, but that's just the way I was. And I had social anxiety. And I can remember being in these classes with 30, 40, 50 people, and I'd have to be running and instructing the class and just shaking and nervous. And then later that summer, the hockey players came and I was this trainer's right-hand person helping them with all the hockey players. And I remember two NHLers walked in on that first summer day. One was a big six foot five, 200 and something pound defenseman named Dan McGillis. And then a goalie that he played with named Fred Brathwaite, both awesome guys. But I was, I think 17 years old at this point, still in grade 12. And just like, what am I doing here? And we go through the first workout and it's loud and it's energetic. And I'm like, you know what? I either need to step up and speak up or I'm not going to last very long here. And so I did. And I naturally, well, naturally, but it, it, it took a lot for me to come out of my shell, blossomed into this role of being a trainer for hockey players. And I ran group fitness classes. And then my parents were really big on wanting all of their kids to go to university. And I was the type of student where anything that I was interested in, I could excel at. But if I wasn't interested in it, it really was hard for me to put in the work. But from that experience with training, and there were a few other trainers at the gym who had done kinesiology degrees. I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And my dad couldn't have been more happy because he had no idea what I was going to do. And neither did I, quite frankly, up to that point. So I applied for a few universities and ended up going to the University of Waterloo. Uh, where I graduated from kinesiology, a Bachelor of Science in kinesiology. And my summer job was working at this gym, working with mainly hockey players, but also two running classes and doing some personal training as well. Kind of a, a jack of all trades, a trainer of all trades. And it was the dream job. I'd go to school, learn for eight months, come back, do my training, go to school, learn, come back, do my training. 
And then as I was starting to finish up my university, I had the opportunity with a friend of mine to buy into one of these gyms that started to, these gyms that started to franchise. So I had the opportunity to buy in and it was not cheap. So I can remember being in university. I was 21 years old, about to graduate from fourth year. And I was signing papers to own a business and signing a loan for $125,000 with a 10 year payback had no clue what I was getting myself into, but it was a good opportunity and it was a path that I wanted to pursue. And I felt a little more comfortable in it because I had a friend who was doing the same thing. And in that fourth year of university, I was getting ready to buy into this gym, but I had also, I had two mentors that I had met that to this day have changed my life and changed my training career. The first is Dr. Stuart McGill. He was the head of uh, the kinesiology program at the University of Waterloo, and he was world renowned for his research in lower back injury and rehabilitation. And he had story after story. And a lot of his stories came from actually working with trainers in the gym, people in the gym. He would seek out some of the most sought after strength and conditioning professionals in the world to learn what it was that they did to train their clients and to train their athletes to be the best that they could and stay injury free. And so through that, I'm like, wow, this guy has a PhD and he's been studying lower backs for 30 years and he is continually trying to improve himself and get better at his craft. And that was my first aha moment. Like, okay, I need to do this. So I would start to write down some of the names of the people that he was going to see and going to work with. And I would either buy their books or read their articles online or whatever it was. The second mentor that really changed the game for me was uh, he was a PhD candidate of Stu's and he was the, he led the class that I had to do. I can't think of the word, but the person who teaches the class, who is a, a, graduate student. Um, and he led the class where I had to do a presentation where I had to research two different topics. It was a research review and his name was Dave Frost. And Dave had done his master's working over in Australia and he had worked at a gym down in the US called Perform Better. I think they have a couple locations, but they are like the top of the top when it comes to training athletes. And Dave and I hit it off right away. I went, introduced myself, told him a little bit about my work with hockey players. And he said, Oh, super cool. He's like, yeah, why don't, why don't we work out together sometimes? And, and I was like, I would love to work out with you. I was like, when, where? Tell me, I'll be there. He goes, me and my buddy Chad, we work out 6 a.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at this local gym. And I was in university at that point. And 6 a.m. was a very, very boring time to me. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pass up this opportunity. And so sure enough, the next week, woke up, got to the gym, worked out with Dave and Chad and started to do that consistently. And what Dave really taught me was how to program workouts to make them make sense and to make them really fit what the demands of the sport and what an athlete was looking to achieve. And so through that, I learned from Stu so much, but the, the biggest takeaways that I use to this day is how to uh, train, particularly the spine, the lower back to be able to handle loads in a safe and effective manner so that clients don't get injured when they're performing what exercises are good to do, what are not so good, the risk and reward of different exercises. And from Dave, I learned a lot about programming. And from both, I was really inspired into, okay, I want to become the best trainer that I can be.
So I had gone back, I'd graduated university, gone back to work for the gym that I was now a 15% owner in with this newfound knowledge. And I'll never forget walking back into the gym that day and seeing the routines. It was like, particularly one of their key products was a circuit class. And they would get anywhere from 15 to 60 people into this circuit class. And it was basically like jungle gym for adults. There was no structure to it. There was no programming. There was no design. It was do this exercise because it looks cool and it looks funky. Go as hard as you can for 45 seconds. We're going to blow a whistle super loud. Then you're going to go to the next exercise that is going to be also super hard, also intricate, also very different, might not be very safe. You're going to do that and then go from the next. And there was eight exercises. You do one round, then you rest, then we're going to do it again, rest, then we're going to do it again. And then we might do something a little bit more to inflict even more pain at the end. And this gym, as they were franchising, what they really struggled with was maintaining um, maintaining the ability to train people safely and maintaining a certain level of education amongst their trainers because they were just hiring anyone at that point. And so from there, the quality really lacked in terms of the product that people were getting. And by quality, I mean, uh, a lot of people were getting injured. And so they were showing up to this gym and there was starting to be a a common notion amongst the physios and the chiros in town that they love this particular gym and this franchise and this brand because it was supplying them with more clients than they could handle and it was helping to fuel their business. And so I said, okay, I really need to make a change and I don't want to be known for this. And partly I was a little bit embarrassed. And so I really started to focus on continuing education. I learned so much about the human body in university, but I really wanted to learn how to become a trainer. And so a few things that really helped me in doing so, one was a guy named Jonathan Goodman, who uh, still to this day helps to coach and train trainers. And he had started something called the Personal Training Development Center. He was on Twitter and he would release articles from all of these amazing trainers across the world, teaching you about a specific subject. And what I would do, the thing that I was really lucky to have was, A, I could learn from whatever this article was was teaching me and try it on myself. And then from there, I could try it on clients. And through that, I really started to develop a bit of my own approach. And I took the things that I loved and the things that I thought were great and started to morph and model my approach to strength training um, from what I've learned through my kinesiology degree and also to what I was learning online. And then from there, in-person seminars and certification. So I got my uh, strength and conditioning certification from the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, I did a joint mobility certification, functional range conditioning from the FRC camp. And I also too went to seminars. I can remember the first seminar I went to. It was not long, probably Maybe that summer, maybe the next summer after I had graduated university, it was held by Jonathan Goodman. It was in Toronto. I drove and, and so it was in Toronto and it was on a really big weekend in Ottawa. I was 22 at this point and in Ottawa, uh, one of the biggest events of the summer is Hope Beach Volleyball and all of our friends, they get outfits, they get excited. And I was like, you know what? The seminars on the same date. And I told all my friends, I'm sorry, I'm going to a fitness seminar this weekend. And I got a lot of flack for it, but I knew where I wanted to go and what I wanted to become. And so I skipped Hope Beach, drove down in my beat up Mazda, slept on my dad's friend's couch in Toronto and woke up and walked into this room full of 
amazing trainers, super, super smart people. And I was so excited to be there and to learn, but also super shy and super nervous. And I was embarrassed in a sense to share where I worked because if people had seen any of the videos online of what we had done, um, I really didn't want to be associated with that. I wanted to be a knowledgeable trainer who knew what they were doing, who could train people, who could help the athletes perform or help the general population make improvements in their strength and their body composition in a safe and effective way. And our gym is really, really not known for that. And so I started to learn. And what happened in that first summer when I got back from school was our hockey training season was seasonal. And so I transitioned from when I realized that I wasn't going to become an NHL player, I transitioned from wanting to be an NHL player to wanting to be an NHL strength and conditioning coach. And so I was pursuing that dream. And that was also too part of my motivation for, uh, for becoming the best trainer that I could be. But in that first summer, I came back from school. I worked mainly with hockey players, a little bit of personal training, a little bit of group classes, but our hockey training, we did the off season. So it was seasonal. It was from May until September, which aligned perfectly with university. But then in September, all of the hockey players left. They went to their respective teams and I needed to fill hours to create a full work week. So I did group training classes and I started to pick up some personal training clients. And one of the things that I found initially, I was training anybody and everybody. I remember having an 81-year-old client named Judy, who I was training just for functional fitness to be as strong as she could. I remember having a nine-year-old figure skater named Rose, and I trained everybody in between in terms of segments of the population. But I started to develop this new passion. And one client in particular, her name was Patty, I started to train. And one trainer that I was following, his name is Brett Contreras. He's known as the glute guy. He actually has a PhD in glute research. And I loved what Brett was doing. So I started to use some of the knowledge I have and what I was learning from Brett to model my own training style. And I was working with this client, Patty, getting her to do hip thrusts, getting her to do back squats, getting her to do chin-ups. And she was like, it was like a a switch went off. She just was so much more confident. Her energy was up. Her smile was brighter. She told me about how her clothes were fitting better. She was starting to reap all of these amazing benefits that for me was super, super fulfilling as a trainer. One of the great things that this gym that I worked at did, which was super smart, was the personal training room was right in the front entrance. And so you'd walk in, there was a hallway and the personal training room would be on the right. And there was a big window so people could see it and they could see the stuff that people were doing in this personal training gym. And then they'd walk to the back and they'd go to their group class if they weren't doing the personal training stuff. But that window, people could see the stuff that I was doing. They could see the results that clients like Patty was, was getting. And then it started to become, I was training Patty. I was training Carol. I was training Shannon. I was training Dana. And I had lots of different women that were coming to me for the same thing, to get stronger, to feel more confident, to fit into their clothes better. And it was, it was the dream. It was amazing. I was absolutely loving it. I was really starting to develop my own style and shifting my mindset from, okay, I want to train hockey players to, I really just like helping women to get strong. And so I had this sort of inner dialogue between, okay, like I'm kind of at this crossroads in my career. What do I do? And in the meantime, that business that I had bought into, there was a honeymoon phase for like three or four months. And then things got really hard. 
And I was learning tons and tons of invaluable lessons, but that were really tough to endure at the time. We were losing money. That loan that I had, I had no idea how I was going to pay it back. We had struggles with business partners. We tried opening a second location and that was even more money down the tube, more money lost. And I was at a place where it was like, it was just a calling to, okay, I have my own style, my own training method. The business thing isn't really working out anymore. I really feel like I'm at a place in a space where I can, I can do my own thing. But that was really, really scary. And one of the big moments for me that, that kind of helped me to realize that was I had lots of women that I was personal training and helping them to get great results. And I decided to put together a group training class. There was 12, spot, 12 spots open and it almost sold out immediately to the point where we had a wait list. And I would run this class every Saturday, 12 women would come in, I'd structure and program workouts for them and we'd have an absolute blast. And it was that, okay, this sold out immediately. I know there's a demand for this. I know that I can deliver on my product in terms of the training and the methods and okay, I need to make a change. So long story short, and it was a very long story and how I got out of this business, but my then girlfriend, now wife at the time, Tracy and I were looking to take the next step and to buy a house. So we bought a house together and I set up this wicked gym in the basement and transitioned over to there and started niching myself. One of the best pieces of advice I got from Jonathan Goodman was be the best at one thing. Don't try and be the trainer for everyone. So I said, okay, I'm going to be the best at training women to become their fittest, strongest, most confident selves. And so I was following Brett and a lot of what Brett was doing. And there was this former trainer back in the day named Body by Jake. And he had DVDs and instructional. No, I don't even think he had DVDs. I think they were VHS cassettes. But um, so I said, okay, I'm not going to be Body by Jake. I'm going to be Booty by Jake, which is kind of a, a bit of a joke, but it actually took off and is a bit of a thing. And still to this day, amongst the physician community and many of our members who have known me for years, they will reference their Booty by Jake. And one of the other really cool things that I did was I love working or I love learning from Brett so much. I loved his training style and he would host in-person seminars out of his house in Phoenix, Arizona. So as soon as I opened my training studio, is that I opened in January, it was that February, I flew out to work with Brett and spent some time at his house in what he called the glute lab learning from him. And it was, I did that for two reasons. Again, I just wanted to educate myself, be the best that, that I could be in my craft, learn from the best, but also to put it out there that this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And these are some of the things that I'm willing to do to, to be the best trainer that I could be. And so through that, had a really great training uh, set up. I would train anywhere from one to four clients, train anywhere from six to had some days where I was doing 12 or 13 hours of personal training. It was a really great gig. And prior to that, I had also started dabbling in the online training world. And it was in 2014. A lot of people say to me when I tell them what I do, they say, oh, did you start that in the pandemic? No, I started in 2014. I bought my first course from Jonathan Goodman on how to start an online training business to supplement your income as a personal trainer. I downloaded this software called Trainerize and I started shooting YouTube videos in my basement that I could then upload to Trainerize and create programs with. So I had the in-person training studio going and then on the side, I was starting to grow the online training business as well. Some of my clients would be what we call hybrid clients where they would do in-person training and online training. 
One of those clients was Dr. Suzanne Rutherford. And she had come to me initially for the in-person stuff, but through the busyness of life as a mom and as a physician was really finding it challenging to, to make her appointments to get to my personal training studio. And so we set her up with the online thing and she eventually loved that even more than the in-person training. Although she loved the interaction and having me load up the barbell and tell her what weights to lift with the online training, she could go to the gym and she could do four or five Jake workouts a week. She was like, Jake, I'm doing four or five of your workouts a week at a fraction of the cost. This is amazing. I've never felt stronger. I've never felt better. I've never felt more comfortable in my own skin. She goes, I, I'm a part of a network of women physicians who I know could really, really benefit from something like this. And I really believe in your training and your methods. They are evidence-based. They are science-backed. She goes, what do you think about running an online fitness challenge for women doctors exclusively? And so this was in January of 2018. Well, this was in December or November of 2018. And I was like, oh, women doctors, super smart people. Like that's kind of scary. Um, but yeah, sure. Why not? Like I, I, I'd, I'd go for it. I'm confident enough in my skills and my abilities. And so she came back a week later and she had posted on Facebook about it. And she had a hundred names of women, 106 names actually of women interested in joining a 12 week online fitness challenge. She goes, you got to email. It wasn't names. It was emails. She's like, you got to email these people. I'm like, how do I email 106 people at the same time? And so I looked online, did some research. There was a software called MailChimp. So I downloaded MailChimp and then I inputted everyone's name in one by one. I had my dad's friend, the same guy who I slept on his couch in Toronto. He had worked in marketing. So he helped me craft the first email. Well, I crafted the first email myself. Said, Doug, would you review this? He said, Jake, this is way too long. Nobody's going to read this. So, um, so he helped me sort of, okay, succinct to the point. Here's what it is. Here's what you can expect. Sent out the email to 106 people and my fingers crossed and we had six people register and it was actually they registered through e-transfer and I had six e-transfers come in and I said Doug like we had 105 people 106 people interested um what's the deal here and he goes these people don't know you he goes that's six percent that's that's great that's a great response rate he goes but they need to find out more about you tell them a little bit more about the program a little bit more so i sent out a series of emails and eventually we had 35 members for the inaugural launch of the 12 week what was a challenge is now called our canadian women's physicians fitness community and so with that inaugural launch we started it was a 12-week pilot project we're just going to do this Hopefully people like it and it'll be what it'll be. And people were, members were loving it. Results were great. We were posting about nutrition. We had the workouts going. Members could see when each other was working out. We had the Facebook group for community for interaction. It was awesome. And then from there at week 12, one of our members is like, I love these workouts. I love this program. This in the past 10 weeks, I've done 53 workouts. That is more workouts than I have done in the past three years combined. Is there something else out there like this? Or is there, is there, can we do this again? And I said, sure, we'll do it again. And then, so through word of mouth, we've grown from 35 to our next was 60 to our next was I think a hundred and now um, have spent the past six years working with hundreds of women in medicine to help them to 
become stronger, become fitter, become more confident, to learn how to be able to fit exercise into their lifestyle, to prioritize their self-care so they can take care of themselves, to show up and be the best that they can be in life. And through that, 18 months ago, we launched a more hands-on uh, program called the Fit Physician Program, which has been also super cool to see. And it's been so, so rewarding. And some of the things that I love the most about my career and what I do is the life-changing impact it has on members. And time and time again, we hear different stories from different members and how the programs have impacted their life in different ways. More recently this past week, we had a member who joined, um, I can't remember, I want to say it was about a year ago, maybe a little bit less, was rocking and rolling in her first two months, got diagnosed with cancer, went through a bunch of treatments, um, recently just reached her 100th workout milestone in the program and wrote us a great note saying how much the program helped her to push through and to fight back against her cancer and to remain strong. And she was following along with the posts and with the communities. And it was a huge, huge, huge support system for her and everything that she went through. And so we have lots and lots of stories like that. The other thing I love about our program is the camaraderie amongst women physicians in encouraging and supporting one another. And I get to be there to kind of fuel that and watch from the sidelines and show up with a megaphone every now and then to fuel it. It is so cool. And the other thing that I love so much is our members are responsible for providing health and keeping our communities um, safe and healthy. And this was, there was never a time this was more evident than through the pandemic. And what I have the fortunate opportunity to do and to provide is an opportunity for our members who provide health care to everyone else to prioritize health um, on their own in a way that is flexible, that is sustainable, that is evidence-based and backed by, um, by really good, not only science, but also to um, experience having trained now, been a trainer for almost 20 years, which is crazy to think. Um, and the other thing, one more thing that I really love is not only do members prioritize themselves, but my parents were a huge, huge influence on me in terms of prioritize. I can remember going on bike rides with my mom. She'd be running with our dog, Jesse, and she'd be singing out at the top of her lungs, whatever song she was listening to at that moment. And I can remember my dad, he had a stationary bike. This was, this was almost, well, 25, 30 years ago. So cardio was more of the thing at the time, but he had a stationary bike. He used to watch movies and ride it in the middle of our living room. And they were the ones who modeled health and fitness for me. And what I love so, so much is seeing our members seeing their kids show up in pictures or show up for workouts or telling a story and how they are modeling health and fitness for their kiddos, their families. And it has a ripple effect. The members amongst our community, the hundreds of women in medicine that we train, as they each work to prioritize themselves and prioritize their fitness, that will have a ripple effect into perhaps their partner, perhaps their parents, perhaps their kids, perhaps their patients, perhaps their best friends. And so if you think of what this program consists of and the impact it's having on those who are part of it, and then you multiply it by the people that they are impacting, 
it is it is a really really cool thing to be a part of and something that i really cherish and feel so blessed and honored to um, to have the opportunity to to be a part of and so i'm gonna end this episode as we end all episodes with our because you are worth it segment and the biggest thing that i've seen amongst our members is as you prioritize yourself as a physician as you make time for your self-care and it doesn't have to be a lot it doesn't have to be hours of working out a week it can be short and simple and effective and a couple workouts per week but the more you're able to take time for yourself and prioritize yourself, the better you're going to be able to show up for your family, for your kids, for your partner, for your mom, your dad, uh, whoever it might be for your patients. Prioritizing yourself allows you to live the best life you can live and love life, the life that you have to the fullest. And so I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening to my story. I am so pumped about the Fit Physician Podcast and adding this to um, to the different services and offerings, whatever you want to call it, that we have, as there are so many inspiring physicians that we work with. And I can't wait to interview them and share their stories with any of our listeners with the world and also to share just some really cool, really down to earth, solid knowledge around fitness, nutrition, mindset, and just living life to the best in general. Much love, Jake, aka your physician coach. Thank you for listening to the Fit Physician Podcast. We invite you to head over to thefitphysician.com for more free resources and to learn more about how to work with us in becoming your strongest, fittest, most confident self.